Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jim Keeney, an attorney with Sandberg Phoenix Labor and Employment Team. For today's Labor and Employment Podcast, we are going to run through a few updates on some developments that we have previously addressed in our employer law blog, as well as this podcast. So let's get right into it. First, as we previously predicted, the federal wage class action lawsuit filed against Major League Baseball by former Mizzou baseball player Aaron Sen settled right before the parties went to trial. This settlement was unsurprising after the district court judge had ruled, as a matter of fact and law, that the minor league baseball players were employees of the MLB year-round. That was a huge ruling, which certainly drove settlement in this case. But the global settlement amount, however, is certainly noteworthy, $185 million. But like the settlement of any other federal wage class action lawsuit, the court will still need to review it to approve its particulars. And per the terms of the proposed settlement, about $120 million would be distributed to over 20,000 players. The remainder will likely be allocated to attorney's fees and other costs of litigation, but courts are gonna be careful to scrutinize all these details to ensure that the plaintiff's attorneys do not make a windfall on such deal. It remains to be seen whether this settlement will be approved wholesale as proposed by the parties, but it is fair to say, given the length of their fight and the amount of money on the table, that it is likely that the court will approve it in whole or in substantial part. The second update for today's podcast concerns a prior announcement by the General Counsel of the National Labor Relations Board, Jennifer Abruzzo. In a memorandum previously, she directed to regional heads of the NLRB, the general counsel stated that the captive audience meetings, that is meetings that are mandatory, which are held by employers during work time to discuss unionization, she de declared that those meetings were at odds with fundamental labor law principles. This was a blockbuster announcement by the general counsel in that employers have long held the right to hold such meetings to express their views about unionization in a non-coercive way. But in the memorandum, the general counsel noted this new interpretation of the law and noted that the NLRB would be taking that position in prosecutions of the law going forward. And that appears to be exactly what the NLRB has done, according to a new lawsuit filed on July 18th by some staffing agencies in a Texas federal court. In this lawsuit, the staffing agencies claim the general counsel's memorandum has had an unlawful chilling effect on employers' First Amendment rights to free speech. The staffing agencies are also asking the court to declare the general counsel's memorandum as unlawful and to stop the agency from enforcing it. We'll have to wait and see what the court does with their request to stop this new interpretation and enforcement of the law, but only time will tell. Finally, a long overdue change is being made by an independent federal agency to end subminimum wage pay to workers with physical or mental disabilities under federal contracts. The agency, known as US Ability One Commission, announced earlier this month that it would be publishing a final rule to end contracts that allow for the payment of subminimum hourly wage rates to disabled workers. For decades, the federal wage law that is the Fair Labor Standards Act, has had a provision known as Section 14C that has allowed payment of subminimum wages to disabled workers in certain situations. And that provision continues to be effective as a matter of law. 
However, this new rule by the U.S. Ability One Commission is effectively eliminating use of such provision under federal contract, meaning such workers must now be paid at least the minimum wage. This is significant because a lot of disabled workers find employment through companies that receive federal contracts. So hopefully positive changes like this will continue to occur and perhaps we'll even see some changes at the federal legislative level in terms of potential amendments to the Fair Labor Standards Act. But that hasn't happened yet, but something to keep an eye on. That's it for today's episodes. Be sure to check back for more news unfolding in the labor and employment space. Until then, thanks for listening.